Peaches and Herb. 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 Peaches and Herb. 1979. That was a good year for the Bucks. They made the NFC Championship game, but they lost to the Rams. Anyway, we are reunited. We are back. Welcome back to PeterPirates.com's podcast. A few extra bucks. I'm going to bring in my team. I am Mike Neighbors. We have producer Justin Thomas and my man, my <laughs> co-host, Roy Cummings. How are you through all the corona craziness, my friend? Man, I'll tell you, I'm doing great. All right. That's the bottom line. I'm doing great. It is good to be back, uh, reunited. Yes, and it feels so good. <laughs> football. I didn't know if we were, if we would, but uh, we are today, man. And that's good stuff. Yeah, I still don't know if we are. We'll get to that. Among many things, Tom Brady had his second press conference since uh, coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Justin, we pulled out the highlights of that. It was uh, just over 11 minutes, only six questions, Justin. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, too, seeing Tom Brady behind or in front of a Bucks backdrop. It's kind of surreal. Yeah, and you know, I'm not ripping Tom Brady. I'm not ripping the Bucks. I don't know if he had a team meeting. I think the Bucks PR staff, frankly, does a good job. Roy, you and I have covered a lot of teams in the NFL. There's far worse PR staffs than the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I'm not ripping anybody, but I've never been to a press conference of that magnitude that was that short. I think a lot of people were kind of left thinking, oh, I was going to ask him this or I'm going to ask him that. But you never know, Roy. It could have been a team meeting. could have been something else. Yeah, it could have been. But look, uh, this is the first time Tom Brady's uh... – you know, spoken since they're back together as a as a team uh, in the in the facility. Uh, I think the fans deserve a little bit more. This is you know, look, fans may not like to hear media complaining about what they can can get and can't get and how much time they get with people. But this was Greg Schiano like, uh, <laughs> you know, Greg Schiano used to be, he was famous for his six minute press conferences. And and the bottom line is here here this is the bottom line. He's not as far as six win seasons too, but keep keep going. That's right. That, then there's that as well. But here's the bottom line: the fans deserve more from Tom Brady. I understand there may not be a lot to talk about right now because they're still going through walkthroughs at best. It's you know they're inside the facility; they can't get out very much with coaches. Can't do a whole lot of work on the field. But at the end of the day, this is Tom Brady. Uh, it's his first opportunity to, to you know, kind of speak to the fans and, and tell you where where things are. The fans deserve, deserved a little bit more, but you know, we get what we get. Maybe that's part of being a, a superstar is uh, you don't have to do any more than ten minutes on the day as these days. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it was a little thin, a little thin for sure. You know, partner, we've covered this team for a long time, and I know you know a lot has happened in twenty twenty. But it's July. It's August. Sorry, it's August. It seems like every day is the same. So forgive me. But it's still weird to see Tom Brady in Bucks gear or Bucks uniform. Or Buck. it's strange. Is it still strange for you to see? Yeah, that? it's gonna. It's gonna be strange for me. It's. It's never gonna look right. And I'm sorry. I, if they win the Super Bowl, it won't. <laughs> right. I still have this. This weird. This odd image in my head of Joe Namath in a Rams uniform and, you know, other players in uniforms that they just, like, you know, Brett Favre in a Vikings uniform or a Jets uniform. It just it never seemed right, you know. And Joe Montana in a Chiefs uniform, it just didn't seem right. And, and this is never going to seem right to me. No matter what happens, no matter how good it is for the Bucks, it's never going to seem right. It's great for the Bucks. You know, hope it works out for them. 
but it's never going to seem right. It's always going to seem really odd. And what's going to make it seem even more odd, guys, is if it doesn't work out real well. Here's the thing. It would be so bucks if this season is scrapped and they have Tom Brady. It would be so bucks. It would be in so many ways. It's what? Mike, it's bucks already. You, you signed Tom Brady. You signed Rob Gronkowski. Okay, you, you're all in on the Super Bowl in 2020. All right? Go back to our last podcast before Peaches and Herb even knew what a recording studio <laughs> was. And you'll hear me talk about this, but I'll reiterate it since we're back together and it's, it's so re, re, reunited and so happy about it. <laughs> this, this is so Buccaneers. They, they are all in on 2020. It's Super Bowl or bust in 2020, and already they're three or four months behind the, the eight ball. I understand everybody else is, but most of the teams in the NFL and, and the, a couple of the teams that they got to chase in their own division, particularly the New Orleans Saints, aren't changing quarterbacks, and Tom Brady talked about it today. They are at this point, and I wouldn't expect them to be, but they would they'd be a lot closer if they were – you know, if it wasn't a new quarterback and a new system learning and all that stuff, they're nowhere near ready to play a football game. And will they be there when, uh, you know, when the lights go on for real? Who knows? Because no training camp, no offseason workouts. I'm sorry. What they did out the high school field is commendable. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it ain't going to get you ready for an NFL season. It ain't even going to come close. So they are way behind the eight ball. So already it's very bucks like that they went all in on this, spent all this money, brought in these players. And right now, the last thing Tom Brady needed was no offseason. The last thing Rob Gronkowski needed was no offseason. No offseason whatsoever. I understand that these guys are pros, been at it for years, may not get a whole lot out of it, but they lose a lot by not being out there. And we're going to find out just how effect, you know, how, how much of an effect that's going to have on them. The headline for this podcast Cummings, it's Bucks already. It's already Bucks right now. <laughs> it's it's any life, and man, that's usually someone with their head down in their chin, <laughs> their head down, like here we go again. Well, speaking of all that, let's talk to Tom Brady. He only spoke a little over eleven minutes to six questions, and let's talk about his comfort level right now with the Buccaneers. And he was asked about that, you know, what he, you know, has, you know, what is he comfort-wise with this offense, with this team right now? And the first thing that he really pointed to was his lack of knowledge with the playbook and how he's had to learn it for the first time in years. Here's what he had to say. I really haven't had to do that in 19 years. So, you know, you forget, man, that's really tough, like all the different terminologies and, you know, you're going back a very long time in my career to, um, you know, to really have to put the mental energy in like I did. So I have to work at it pretty hard physically still, you know, I, I put a lot of time and energy into making sure I'm feeling good um, in order to perform at my best. But mentally, I think that's been the thing that's, um, you know, obviously has its challenges. It doesn't matter if you're the best to play the game, Roy Cummings, learning the playbook's not easy, is it? No, it's not. And, um, you know, I know, look, they're going to do a lot of the things that Tom Brady is most accustomed to, the things that work well for him. Uh, I'm sure he brought a batch of plays in with himself that uh, uh, are going to become part of that playbook. 
and maybe a, a big go-to part of that playbook. That's going to happen. But, you know, it, it's, it's the same for everybody else. It's not just Tom Brady who's got to learn everything anew to terminology and everything because now Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, the running backs, the linemen, they're all going to have to learn Tom Brady's plays as well as their own. So uh, there's a big learning curve here. And, again, that's what I'm kind of alluding to when I say that, you know, this team is already, you know, four months behind the eight ball. And it's different for them to be four months behind the eight ball than it is for the Saints to be that far behind the eight ball because the Saints are just going to pick up from where they were a year ago. Uh, the Bucks are starting all over again with a new quarterback, and it's not easy. So um, this is what I'm talking about when I say it's already a little bit bucks like and um, it's unfortunate, but, you know, th- that's where they're at. So you roll the dice and uh, hope for the best here. And you touched on it. I mean, these workouts at Berkeley Prep with Tom Brady, you got to appreciate the leadership and the extra effort and everything, but it's not the real thing. And Brady addressed that today when talking about COVID and all the obstacles, our guys buying in. He talked about the unknown when it comes to his football team and how he really doesn't have a gauge on anything right now. We haven't had any practices yet, so it's it, it's hard to, you know, football and, you know, throwing the ball around it a workout or something like that's a lot different than real football and being in the huddle and uh, getting to know people in that way, knowing who you can really count on. But I think you just have to do what you can with what's we're all dealing with. Um, try to make the most of it and try to understand that we're, um, you know, the clock's ticking on all of us and, you know, we've got a lot of work to do in a very short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing with the new CBA where they cut back on padded practices, they cut back on workouts and now you don't have – I mean, I know that when – you know, it looked like there was going to be a lockout a few years back. They didn't have OTAs. They didn't have mini camp. But, Roy, when you're a quarterback, even with the pedigree of Tom Brady and you have his resume and everything, you're trying to learn the playbook, and you're excited. You're excited about all these weapons you didn't have in New England last year. You're excited about playing for Bruce Arians. Boy, he, you know, he, he said all the right things in this press conference, but deep down he's got to be thinking, man, if I had an offseason, if I had time to work with these guys like I want to, I really would be savoring this. But, boy, he's playing catch-up. But he's not alone, though. Uh, quarterbacks are doing it all around the league. You have rookies that are in worse shape because they haven't been there. But also, like you mentioned, Drew Brees knows the offense in New Orleans. A lot of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers knows the offense in Green Bay. With Brady, he's got to be frustrated knowing, man, if I had a little more time, I'd really be where I want to be right now. Yeah, it, it, it does. And again, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but, you know, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but I'm just speaking realistically here. They they just they really needed this offseason to, to max out on this opportunity here. And it doesn't mean that they can't catch up. Um, you know, a lot of things, weird things happen in the NFL. And I think a few weird things are going to happen out of the shoot this year. Uh, assuming they get there, um, you know, teams that we think are going to be really tough sometimes uh, stumble out of the gate and never get there. Teams that we think are going to be brutal uh, sometimes break out in a hurry, get a lot of confidence, and uh, off they go, and you can't catch them. So a lot of strange things are going to happen. The good news is you got veterans who know exactly what they have to do to get ready, and they're focused on that now. Um so there's still a lot that, that, that can be done. They can make up for this time. It, it just it, It's just hard. It's just unfortunate that, again, the Buccaneers go all in on a Super Bowl in 2020, and I don't want to hear about 2021. It ain't about 2021. Nobody even knows 
what's going to happen in 2020, much less 2021. Um, but it's just unfortunate that they went all in on 2020, and this is the hand they're dealt right now uh, through fate. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Buccaneers curse. Hey, <laughs> you, you can make a pretty good argument for there being one again this year. It's Bucks already. It's Bucks already. I love it. I don't love it, but I love what you're saying because you know what? It's true. It's true. It's this franchise has been waiting for a quarterback like this since 1976, and they finally have him. And this is what happens. This is what happens. You know what I wanted to ask Brady in the press conference today, and I'd rather ask him this actually if it was a real training camp and real preseason, probably at the end after the third game. Is you know what surprised you so far about this football team? You knew what kind of coach Bruce Arians was. You knew you had great weapons, but has anything surprised you about the team or the organization? I didn't get to ask him that, but he did talk about his first impressions of the guys he's been practicing with, and here's what he had to say. It's been fun getting to know the receiver position. There's a lot of, obviously, none of the guys I've played with. You know, Gronk's the only guy I've really played with, so I know what he can do. Um, and it's really up to everybody to, to, to go out there and earn their role. There's a leadership right there. And, you know, Tom Brady says all the right things, but we've seen him on the sidelines with his teammates, with the O-linemen, with the school guys throughout the years. He doesn't hesitate to jump on a guy. Jameis Winston was a different kind of quarterback. We've seen different kind of quarterbacks that you've covered for years here in Tampa. Roy, you know, you see it already. You hear it from his teammates. There's a different feel of this football team, even though it's a different kind of offseason. Yeah, there is. Uh, there, there's credibility at the position, uh, unlike anything this team has ever had before. Uh, look, you've got the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, who's still pretty damn effective, uh, you know, leading the way. When, when that's the case, everybody, uh, everybody's at their, you know, like kind of on their best behavior. Everybody's uh, giving it a little bit more in uh, in workouts. Everybody's studying just a little bit harder at night. Everybody's paying just a little bit more attention uh, in, in, in meetings and things. That's what Tom Brady brings. Those are some of the intangibles that are going to help this team. Um, you know, the talent is there. And if everybody's focused just a little bit more, a little bit more intently, uh, because Tom Brady's in, in there and because you don't want to disappoint Tom Brady, uh, which is a big thing. Uh, there's no question. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, if you disappointed Tom Brady in New England, you were probably gone. And if you please Tom Brady, you got the ball more. So if you want to play for this guy and, and you know you want to be on his good side, so guys are busting it to make sure that they're on his good side. And that's a good thing for this football team. Um, they will get over the the nervousness or the, you know, the, 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 you know, kind of the deer in the headlights, uh, stargazing type bit. They'll, they'll get over that. Uh, Brady will at some point, you know, he'll, he'll address it if it needs to be addressed, but they'll get over that and, and they'll get over it soon because it, what's going to take over is this, uh, absolute need, uh, on the part of everybody to be at their absolute best, uh, in order to, uh, to please the man. And he is the man. Yeah, and, and a lot of players, their heads are kind of spinning, I think, in some ways because Tom Brady's on the football team. And like you said, that's going to die down more and more if it hasn't already. But Tom Brady, in his head, is spinning as well. He's learning his new bearings at one buck place, and he talked about that in his second Buccaneer presser as well. You're trying to you know, not only learn an offense, but learn your way to work or uh, learn guys' names. Um, 
you know, I didn't even know where the quarterback room was, you know, or the, the full team meeting room was. So you get in here and your brain's trying to figure out a lot of different things. So every day that goes by, it's getting a little bit better. Um, I'm glad we're not playing a game, you know, this Sunday. I'm glad we have time to prepare. You know, Roy, when you hear Brady in the press conference, I thought one of the interesting things he said, I'm just paraphrasing him. He's basically said, you know what, in football, I've seen every conceivable situation. I've seen every kind of defense. But even if you have a quarterback of that magnitude who's seen it all, he still is learning little things like where he's going and all that. And I think that has an impact, at least early on. It won't in a week and it won't in two weeks or when the season hopefully starts. But for now, it's interesting to me, the whole dynamic of having the best quarterback who's ever played the game and admittedly has seen everything, still is learning the playbook, and that's a process, and still trying to learn names and what room he's going to, and that's a process. Yeah, it is a process, and um, it's unfortunate for him that he's got to go through it at this point Um, because, you know, this is, again, unfortunately, this is something that he's never done before. That's what the the problem is, is. He's never had to do this before. If Tom Brady is inexperienced in anything, it's moving from one team to another. You know, he he can he's read every defense. He's that's what he said in the press conference. He's seen every defense. He's run every play. He knows you know virtually every player in the league and everything. He's good. that part's not hard. But now he's in a completely foreign environment, and it's got him a little bit off kilter right now. He's he's not right on beam the way he wants to be. And but the good news is, is he knows what he has to do to get there. And my guess is he will be there. I wouldn't be concerned about that because I can promise you the team is doing everything it can to, uh, you know, to, to, to help him with that. And it may be one of the reasons that his press conference lasted 11 minutes and uh, 29 seconds today is that, uh, you know, he's got other things he's got to do and to help him just get, you know, get his feet on the ground. You know, the, the one thing you don't want to have happen here is. Just again, anybody listening, you know, Mike, you've been through this. Justin, you've been through this. I've been through it. Just imagine your – just remember your first day in high school, your first day at, your, at a new job, your first day, you know, with your new girlfriend, whatever it might be. Uh, it was always – it was just a little bit awkward. You didn't quite feel right. It took you a while to kind of get your bearings. Well, that's where Tom Brady is right now. And it didn't help at all, again – that he didn't have the offseason to get those bearings. He just got into the building and the facility last week like everybody else. So he doesn't know it as well as uh, a lot of these guys. He's almost like a rookie in that regard. And uh, so the team, I'm sure, is helping him out. He probably doesn't have to look too hard to find places. I'm sure he's got someone taking him everywhere he's got to go, and that's good. But, again, you don't want him to have to have that uneasy feeling because he needs to be concentrating on football between the lines. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to bring up the same analogy. If you're a kid in school listening to this podcast, and by the way, this podcast is already almost eight minutes longer than the Tom Brady presser today. I just want to throw that in there. (laughs) But if you're a kid listening to this podcast and you are a first day of middle school or high school, or even if you're a 40-year-old accountant going to a new firm or a new newspaper or coming or a new TV station like myself and Justin, you do feel that way. So it's nice and refreshing to hear the GOAT is going through the same things as well, Tom Brady. Well, before we get to our fun, more likely segment at the end, let's talk about some other hot topics. I thought it was interesting that Bruce Arians has all the faith in Rojo, man. He's going to carry the load. He's going to be our guy. And here's my take on that. I want to ask you how you feel about that. Rojo is such an important guy. 
you know, getting Shady McCoy, I think, was a big move for them in terms of, you know, keeping him right mentally. I don't know how much he's going to play. We'll see how that happens. You know how that is with veteran pickups late in the year. But I think it's important if you're Ronald Jones to know you're the guy. You know, you don't have somebody looking over your shoulder. And for some players, they take that for granted. But I get the feeling Rojo's been through so much in his young career. He's not going to take that for granted. And it's important that he is the guy. And that's going to help him moving forward. Yeah, I think it is too. I think you're right. It, it is important for him. You know, came in the first year, wasn't prepared for the NFL physically, uh, mentally either. Uh, very few players are prepared for it mentally, but he wasn't prepared for it physically. Uh, robbed him of his confidence when he got out there. He got no help from his offensive line. Comes into his second season. He heard, he heard all the critics, all the people calling him a bust, saying that he wasn't any good. Uh, everybody wants instant gratification. And when you know, when he was a rookie the way and looked like a rookie often does, uh, the fact that he was a second-round pick played against him and everybody uh, took their shots at him. Well, then he, he slowly kind of turned everybody's uh, opinions around and say, he started to say, oh, you know what, not a bad football player. Well, you know, from a from a, the NFL standpoint, you got to look at the guy, okay, what do we really have here? And that's what the Bucks did. And they see a guy who's got breakaway speed, who can actually make some yards after contact, who uh, who worked on his body in the in his second season. Uh, you know, most players make their most progress between season one and season two. So in that regard, Ronald Jones was no different than anybody else. And uh, he did a darn good job of uh, reestablishing himself as a, uh, a key member of the football team. And I think he deserves it based on, the, on what you have in the position or at the position in that locker room. He should be the starter. Uh, you invested a high draft pick in him. Uh, just because some fans who don't really know what they're talking about uh, <laughs> wasn't any damn good after uh, eight games in uh, you know three years ago, that's not a good enough reason to give up on a guy. He could uh, he could be a breakout player this year for this football team if uh, if he gets a little bit of help from that offensive line. Yeah, another infamous Buccaneer stat: haven't won a playoff game since 2002. Haven't had a 1,000 yard rusher in a season since. Your man Doug Martin back in 2015, five years ago. Come on, Bucks. Yeah, that's just brutal. that's that's brutal, and that's why you don't win football games. Other than Jameis Winston throwing picks left and right, but yeah, <laughs> that's a million podcasts ago. It seems like well, he, threw, he threw he threw picks left and right because he had no running game. So that was that's part of true. It. You always love your boy Jameis. I love that about you, Roy. I love that about you. Does he look good in that Saints uniform or what? <laughs> yeah, hold the clipboard. He does. Yeah, looks real good. <laughs> I won't even bring up Gerald McCoy stack because you'll defend him too. But that's a whole. All right, how about that? Okay, you know what? All right, yeah. you went. All right, you <laughs> how about this for a bold prediction? Jameis Winston finishes game one for the Saints against the Buccaneers because your boy Drew Brees can't finish game one against the Buccaneers. How about the Buccaneers knock Drew Brees out of the game? James Winston has to play. We won't predict just yet who wins, but how about that for a prediction? We're predicting injuries on this August podcast already. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you never know with Roy Cummings. I, I will say this. I get the feeling James Winston is going to make his mark somewhere this year. It's going to happen. Because, you know, people talk about Taysom Hill in New Orleans, and I, I've covered that team for 15 years. Throwing out my resume there, Roy, you like that? I like it. Good one. 
Taysom Hill, to me, is not the backup quarterback, just like he wasn't last year with Bridgewater. Now, it may be interesting a year from now. We'll see what happens. But Jameis Winston is going to make his mark at some point this year. And I don't know if it's going to be a good mark or a bad mark, but he will make his mark, and we will see what happens. But, yeah, that would not surprise me. Um, there, there's so many crazy twists and turns that this season could take. With COVID and with injuries, Jameis Winston is never boring, and he will make a headline, good or bad, in New Orleans this year. We will see what happens. But right now, Justin, you definitely know what time it is. Yeah, more likely time. Roy Cummings, I know you haven't lost your fastball. You know what? We, we brought up peaches and herb to begin the podcast. Man, we haven't lost our fastball. Roy Cummings throwing out sliders and curves and everything in this podcast. I love it. I'm going to throw some at you right now. We're going to bring back producer Justin Thomas. This is our more likely segment. We always do this on a few extra bucks. Three hypothetical questions. Our, my co-hosts, they don't know the uh, questions. I have the benefit of knowing them. So Justin will go first. Roy gets time to sit in the on-deck circle and kind of think about things. But in terms of your football forecast, I know it's August. Are you optimistic we're going to start the season on time? Are you cautiously optimistic or are you nervous, Justin Thomas? More likely optimistic, cautiously optimistic, or nervous? The, uh, are these all in reference to if the season's going to start in time? Yeah, or, just we'll get to the whole season, season in general. Later. Yeah, just just with all the craziness of college football right now, we've seen it with other sports, right. man, baseball having all kinds of ups and downs. Is football going to start on time? How do you feel about that more likely right now? I am cautiously optimistic that football's going to start in time. I think the NFL can't – well, they probably could afford, the owners could afford to not have a season, but they have so much power. They're going to make sure there's a season. They're going to make sure it starts. I think it will start when they say it's going to start. I am, however, very confident that the season will not continue for long and it'll probably be either halted or there will be a long pause before games start up again. Okay. Roy Cummings, a uh, a take on – the football season starting on time that doesn't include your old pal, Joe McCoy. (laughs) I am very confident that the football season will start on time. And uh, here's why. Uh, First of all, uh, the NFL is going to just plow through this uh, as if there's no virus out there at all. That's number one. Number two, they are going to learn from the mistakes. They have the benefit of seeing how things were done in the NFL and I'm sorry, in the, in the NHL, the N, NBA and by major league baseball. And we've seen that obviously a bubble like atmosphere is what you want. Uh, that's what's going to work best. And I think you're already seeing teams start to kind of create little bubbles as best they can uh, to keep their people involved. And if, if baseball can, even though a few guys have kind of, gone AWOL for a couple of teams, that's it's actually good for the NFL because they've learned. Can't let guys do that. All the more reason why the NFL is going to probably have uh, 32 teams basically create their own bubble and keep them in it in some form or fashion uh, and just say, guys, we got to commit to this for the next three and a half months here, four months, uh, or until we, you know, until we have something a little bit better to work with in terms of uh, remedies or vaccines or whatever it might be. So, I think the NFL is going to start on time because it's going to plow through it. 
I think it's going to learn from the mistakes that um, the Major League Baseball has made, learn from the uh, advantages that, uh, you know, we've learned about from and the NBA and the NHL and create their own environment. And uh, I think they're going to benefit from it greatly. You know, I thought back in May, Roy, and this is probably dumb, okay, when we started <laughs> seeing Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, it seemed like we're getting them back to normal. Oh, by July, we'll be fine. July, will be fine. We're in August, we're not fine. And I, then I thought, well, maybe they should delay training camp. And, and I, I agree not having preseason games. I have no problem with that. I thought maybe if they push the season to October, maybe mid-October. But, Roy, I don't even know if that would make a difference at this point. I think this is a, this is a, a problem, and I don't know when it's going away. But if you're going to play, you got to figure it out right now. I don't even know if delaying it till October is going to help. So I am, I'm nervous right now about everything. And I'm usually an optimistic person. But don't you agree that I thought for a while, well, maybe here we are in July – when we were in July, if we push it to October, but I don't think pushing it, pushing it, pushing it's going to help. I think you either just got to figure it out or it's not going to happen. No, I agree with you. It's interesting. We have three different answers to this. And uh, uh, no, I'm with you. If you'd asked me this in May, and in fact, I know it was asked in May many times. And I said, you know, I always said, uh, no, the NBA, NBA, the NHL, I'll be all right. The NFL will be fine. <laughs> get this thing, they'll get this thing right. They'll, they'll play. And, uh, because I thought we would be much much further along in terms of doing something to, you know, kind of control the virus. And I guess I was basing that on the fact that I saw, you know, saw Italy get devastated by it and then figure it out. And then I saw, you know, Great Britain get devastated by it and figure it out. And thought Germany get devastated by it and figure it out. And I figured, well, we'll do the same thing. I didn't realize that we were just going to try to – that our, our, our game plan all along was, oh, let's just – we'll be fine and, and just keep doing what you're doing because that's not a good strategy. But I, I thought we would work at it a little bit better. We haven't. And, uh, you know, here's the thing, and I've said this a few times. If you really want football to happen, folks, just wear a mask. I mean, it's not hard. Maybe you don't think it works. Maybe it does. Who knows? But you know what? That's the best information we have right now. If you, the sports fan, more than anybody, as much as anybody, uh, except for those who've lost their jobs, unfortunately, uh, you have incentive to to go out and do the right thing. Social distance, wear a mask. The sooner we get beyond this thing, the better off we're going to be, and obviously, the, the the more likely we are to have football that everybody seems to want so bad. You know, you're biting your tongue. You want to get political there, but I, I respect the fact this is a sports podcast. You were teetering that fine line, my friend. I know, I know you, but I respect the fact you didn't. Uh, sometimes sometimes I want to as well. All right, second, more likely, you know, you're seeing opt-outs all over the NFL. Patriots, some big names, bigger than most. But for the most part, not a lot of big names. I'm going to throw out three names. And who could the Bucks more likely least afford to opt out of these three names? if this question makes sense, least to four out of these three names. If, if one of these guys opted out, it would be, it would be tougher than, than the other two on the list. Mike Evans, our man Rojo or Devin White of those three who would hurt the bucks the most. Um, dude, that's tough. Uh, well, the bucks have shown that, or we've seen what the bucks are like without a running game. So obviously if Ronald Jones, has gotten better and he sits out that probably wouldn't look any different than what it's looked like the last couple of years. Um, Mike Evans is super talented. He's probably one of the most talented athletes on the team. 
Uh, but I mean, they they got so many offensive weapons. I feel like, and Chris Godwin stepped up huge last year. I, I think they could mask losing Mike Evans. I think White, he seems like he Did would you be say the mask. Biggest. Anyway, go ahead. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think if they if they lost Evan White, that would probably to me be the hugest loss. He he's talented linebacker. I just think their defense needs to really continue on the success that they were starting to show last year. Um, and typically the linebacking core, it's the linebackers that kind of run the defense. So I, I don't know. I think that to me would be the biggest loss. Interesting. Uh, Roy Cummings, I have no idea what you're going to say with this answer. Yeah, that really was a very good, a very interesting answer. But uh, for me, it's Mike Evans. Here's why. Um, uh, we've seen this offense without, with, with just an adequate Ronald Jones and, um, and, and when with a bad Ronald Jones, and in both cases, uh, you know, they basically led the team in points. Uh, they were an offensive juggernaut. Um, the defense has been, you know, kind of hit and miss for a couple of years. Uh, so Devin White brings a lot, and he's a big key to them improving. But um, they could just be adequate, and the, the Bucks could still uh, be a playoff contender as long as the, the offense is uh, dynamic, which I think it will be. But only if Mike Evans is here, they do have, they do have a lot of depth, particularly at the receiver position. But we saw what the Bucks' offense was like late last year without Mike Evans, and it's the reason Tom Brady's here, and the reason James Winston is in New Orleans looking so good in that black and gold. Because <laughs> right now, because when James Winston didn't have Mike Evans to throw to, and Chris Godwin was gone too. You saw that he was like he was hurting, man. He didn't have weapons, and Tom Brady's going to have to have that weapon. The Bucks need Mike Evans. Mike Evans may be the most underrated player in the league. He is by far, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league. Wow, and really? Credit for it, and so they can't afford to lose their best player right now. Mike Evans is their best player. They can't afford to lose their best player. So you would take Mike Evans over Mike Thomas. Yes. Really? Or yes. Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins? Yes. Oh, wow. my yes. God. Gerald McCoy, you are so 2019, my brother. <laughs> yes. Five straight 1,000-yard seasons, gentlemen. Oh, yes. my gosh. Wow. I think Mike Evans is underrated, but I wouldn't call him the no, best. He has, he has done things, gentlemen, that only a, two or three other receivers have ever done. At least one of them is in the Hall of Fame. He is the best in the NFL. Wow. All right. Well, you know what? I would pick Mike Evans on that list, too, because I think the young defense is going to get better, even though I'm kind of worried about that secondary. They're still young. They're so young. And, and you know, you saw sports last year. I want to see if they can carry over. Rojo, he's important, but I think they could they could fill the void if he left. But Mike Evans, yeah, that'd be a big loss, even though they – the Bucks seemingly have 30 tight ends on their roster and all these targets. I think Mike Evans is very important. All right, last one. This is kind of an open-ended one. This is an easy one. We kind of go off the board in our last more likely. But we haven't talked as a team since really this started. And it started Friday the 13th, March 13th, when sports, March Madness and everything went off the radar. What have you accomplished in this pandemic that you're most proud of? Or something you never would have done if there wasn't a pandemic. Justin Thomas, is, is there anything that sticks out? Roy Cummings gets to think about this. Uh, yeah, he's lucky because, man, I feel 
I feel like I've, I haven't done anything that I'm proud of accomplishing. I feel well, like I maybe you normally, more hobbies or something. Well, something you normally wouldn't do, but you know, you and I, you know, we work in a production company, so there's a lot of things we normally do, pandemic or non-pandemic, we do anyway. So, for the listening audience that cares, keep that in mind, I guess. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, like my schedule, my my routine hasn't changed much. We, I'm obviously been home a little bit more, but. I mean, we still do the same kind of stuff we enjoy, even though we're home more. So I, yeah. I don't know, but that's a tough one. Roy I feel like in. I need to get a, I need to get a hobby or maybe learn a skill set or something. No, you don't have, you don't have to, you don't have to. I just, I, I commented to Roy this before we jumped on the podcast. If you watch Spectrum Sports or Bay News Nine, if you live in Tampa, and you, and you watch Roy Cummings on Mondays. He has the best bookcase in his office I've ever seen. I watch all these national guys do their little thing from their offices. You kick Adam Scheffner's ass. Your office is so much better than his. But anyway, go, any, go ahead, Roy. I don't have any mini football helmets. That's and that's what I need probably. <laughs> I, I got so many books. Um, but you, you know what I'm going to say? This is going to sound corny, I guess. I've survived. You know, I yeah. I. Uh, I haven't really achieved anything. I think I've stayed in pretty decent physical shape, despite the fact that my gym closed down. Um, you know, so I'm, I've maintained a, a decent workout regimen. I mean, it's just adequate. Um, so I've stayed in shape, I think. I'm pretty proud of that. Um, haven't gained any a lot of weight, maybe a few pounds, but uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty proud of that. But um, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm glad that I've – Managed to survive, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that because let's face it, it's it ain't easy, man. It's no, it's tough. You, you, this thing's a hidden, uh, it's a hidden killer. Yeah, it is. My 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 answer is not one thing either. I just feel like I've evolved, Roy and Justin. I've evolved. I I love sports. I love it. Been been covering it for a long time, but I've been reading more. I've been getting stuff done around the house. I've, I've been working out more. I've been running more. I just feel like I'm doing a lot. My routine's kind of amplified. I love to read anyway. I love to work out. I've you know, been doing different things with my kids. But I think I'm less of a sports fan than I used to be. I hate to admit that on this podcast. I love covering sports and everything. But I have saw other interests kind of amplify a little bit during this time. And I think I'm evolving, Roy, a little bit. Your knuckles are no longer dragging across the ground when you walk. That is incredible. And I'll tell you what, you come on, come on over anytime, and you can take your pick of books off the shelf, man. I'm coming over, and I'm going to have my mask on, and I'm going to be six feet away from you, but I'm going to check out the books because I can't see them on TV. And I may, you know what? I, I'll bring you some football helmets. It'll be like the library. I'll check in instead of my card. It'll be a football helmet, and I'll just check out some books. How about that? Yeah, that works for me, man. That's what okay. works for me. All right. <laughs> well, listen, we covered it all. That was. Uh, it's great to be back, reunited, and it does feel so good. Uh, Justin, uh, we're on all the platforms, so please subscribe to us on Podbean, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and Google, wherever their podcasts. We're on it. Uh, we're going to be with you during uh, preseason. I know some coaches don't call it training camp because it's really not a normal training camp, and I can't blame them. But, uh, you know, please subscribe to pewterpirates.com. We're excited about some things we have in the works. We appreciate you hanging with us. And, uh, man, I hope there's a football season because Bucks fans, as Roy Cummings said, 
you know what, this is so Bucks already. I hope uh, you have a football season because you deserve to enjoy it with a quarterback with the pedigree of Tom Brady. So for Justin Thomas, our esteemed producer, and Roy Cummings, who has not lost his fastball, I'm merely Mike Neighbors. We will talk to you soon.